<laughs> What's up, everyone? This is Jason Tucker. This is episode number 88. Today we're talking about the best and fastest ways to build a custom theme for WordPress. To the end. Real quick here and get everyone introduced. We're going to go in the border with my friend, Mr. Chris Lemma. Well, I'm glad to uh, to be here. There's uh, folks that I wasn't sure were going to make it like Devin, but, you know, uh, if he dies, he dies. Um, Chris Lemma, uh, you can find me blogging over at chrislemma.com, and I'm also on Twitter. How about you, Chris? Oh, me? Hi. Yes, you, Chris. The order is not in the order on my screen. That's anyway, right. I'm Chris. Um, I run Revelation Concept. It's a development studio specializing in WordPress solutions. Nice How about you, Devin? Hey, guys. My name is Devin Walker. I build plugins and themes over at wordimpress.com. Nice. Morton, tell us about yourself, sir. Hi. I'm uh, Morton. I'm with uh, lynda.com, and uh, I build... WordPress themes for fun and teach other people how to do it. You know, he's not human. He's a piece of iron. <laughs> how about you, Rachel? If you ever watch his videos, you know it's true. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting, like, a, a lot of... That's feedback. okay. Tell us about yourself, Rachel. Hi, I'm Rachel. Rachel at rachelbutts.com. I run a custom WordPress design company. Very nice. Robert, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm Robert New. Uh, Susan, are you okay? <laughs> I, uh, she's, she's a little surprised to hear you speak, Rob. Oh, yes. Of course. I'm sorry. She's now, she's now wondering why you're so talkative. She's like, I must break you. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so I run uh, WP Bacon, which is a WordPress podcast, and Audit WP, where we do... SEO audits for people who run WordPress sites. Very nice. Say, what's up? Tell us about yourself. My name is Say Reed, and uh, I build WordPress sites, WordPress themes, and uh, teach people how to use their themes and teach people how to deal with their WordPress developers. And uh, also, I do the Twitter and all the things at sayreadmedia.com. To the end! Nice. Very nice. Steve, tell us, what's up? I am Steve Zengen. I'm the founder of Zeke Interactive, and I lead the OC WordPress meetup. And I win for me. For me! Oh! Say <laughs> oh, that. What's up, Suzette? Tell us about yourself, girl. <laughs> I'm Suzette, and I'm the WordPress evangelist over at Meeting from Home. And um, I don't have any any WordCamps for like three weeks, so. What? Whoa. <laughs> Impossible. You will lose! I have one blog the next one. <laughs> Crazy. My name is Jason Tucker. I can be found on Twitter, Jason Tucker, and I blog over at WPmedia.pro. So let's talk a little bit about this stuff, the best and fast ways to build a custom website. Who wants to say, uh, let's see, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the theme framework du jour right now? Is that the uh, foundation? Oh, foundation. Ooh, foundation. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Before we jump into the, why are we jumping into frameworks? I'm like, not. Yeah. What is framework? All right. So just I'm, trying to tick me off, I, right? Like just I from think, the start. I think the easiest way, the quickest way to build a custom theme is to build a child theme. So find a theme that gets you most of the way you want to, most of where you want to be, and and build a child theme off of that. 
That's is that really custom, custom, though? I think yeah. the biggest way to build it, it, a weird you are. I don't know, Devin. You are, you are someone you are else custom. to do it. You are, you are customizing, so it is custom. Yeah, yeah it's true. Custom. From the, is it, from is the, it really uh, though? The word is custom. It? That would be correct. <laughs> okay. Do we have to define custom? Yeah, <laughs> let's define start. custom. This is actually a really great point. We yeah. a lot of people come in for all my clients, blah blah blah, and they're like, "I had a custom website built, and I open it up, and it is not a custom website. It's not even a child theme. It is a configured yeah. premium theme, which then many developers." Like to consider being customized. I agree with you. Yeah. We if definitely in, actually need to define what customization. If I go in, if I go in and change the font on a theme, I've customized it. <laughs> you will lose. No way. Yeah, <laughs> you will lose his entire business off of changing Come on. the font. Okay. You see, you see, he's not a machine. He's a man. Man. Man, he's a piece of iron. <laughs> not human. <laughs> All right. So let's define uh, custom. Let's let's bring it back around. Let's define custom. <laughs> All right. So I, to me, I a custom will... theme is you get a concept, right? A polished concept from a wireframe. It hasn't been previously created before, and you're building it. You're slicing it. You're dicing it. Okay, so that's from scratch. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like that's, a hold on, hold on though. Hold on. That's that's from the perspective of a developer. Let's yeah. let's talk about it from the perspective of an end user. For me, a custom theme is simply something that is designed to specifically meet the needs of the customer yeah. and their needs for their website. Are you, yeah. like, reading that off a prompt screen or something? <laughs> <laughs> reading a custom He's not website. Wiki Wiki, okay? it's, on his, it's on his four monitors behind him. <laughs> yeah. no, I that's... feel like custom also infers, though, that it's something that's original. I mean, I think most clients expect that. If you're building them something custom, it's tailored to them, and they can't just go and download it for $40 somewhere else. Golf clap. Right, Absolutely but, but I will say... I will say this, the, f the fact of the matter is when you start actually creating a solution that is targeted to a business, right, it should naturally become uh, specific to them. So at the end of the day, the only reason someone would know that uh, that theme actually started as another theme that was bought somewhere else, et cetera, is if you're a developer looking at that perspective, right? or if you've really not customized it at all, if you haven't made it custom. So if you have a dentistry site and there's still a bunch of, you know, random pictures that came with a theme on the cover, you're like, okay, this is stupid. This doesn't, this doesn't actually deliver on the need that you have and the value that your site should deliver. But if you take a theme from somewhere and you either child theme it, customize it, add your own, you know, templates to it or whatever to actually deliver the value, and someone else comes and says, but that's not original, you didn't write it from scratch, I think you, you misunderstand the point of what custom really ought to be from the customer's perspective. Okay, yeah. so I want to submit, a, I, I wanna submit a, a thing because I feel if you are only using theme options or the configuration options that are available within the admin panel. Under the customizer, you mean? Under the customizer, <laughs> under the theme options panel, under whatever the hell it is, I do not think that that... Uh, entails building a custom site. I, I, I refer to that as configuring a theme. I don't think that's the same thing as building a custom site. So it's customizing a theme, possibly. Well, the, the, for, for the guys in the room, right, when you go buy a suit, you can either go to a store and buy a suit and get it customized, or you can get a bespoke suit, which is built from scratch for you. Custom, so there's an actual terminology here in place already. Yeah, but if you're going to go get a custom suit, I would think that means that you're going and getting a suit, like, made no. for 
That's actually called a bespoke suit. Not a customized suit. suit. A custom suit. That, that actually has a name. It's called a bespoke suit. It's because it's built from Look, scratch. just because you're foreign and you know more words than no. we do. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I just, I just had Morton. I don't know how they do things in Norwegia. Morton. <laughs> Morton, I just I just had a bespoke suit made, from, and I will tell you that in the end, most of the time, what they're really doing, behind, you know, behind the scenes, is they're still taking a particular baseline style, a, a baseline template, a baseline of the regular suit, and then saying, okay, now how do we tweak and adjust it? Right? Well, they're not reinventing the suit. They don't. Like, they don't. They don't create. Not... They don't create original patterns from scratch. Right? No, These are. Not known patterns of suits, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to get into whether you buy a Theme Force theme and adjust it or whether you write it from scratch because you designed it in Photoshop or whatever else. I just think it's important when we're talking about custom that we understand it's from the perspective of an end user who is the, the person buying it, and it's really delivering on their value. If their value requires um, you know, something on, on you know, a slider on the homepage because that's really what they need, that's interesting, right? All right, um, so are we then saying that customizing a theme entails changing the logo, maybe some colors, like if you're using 2014 no. and you load in 2014 and you change the background no. color? No. Are you done? Okay, so <laughs> no. where's the point? You're trying to deliver the value for a customer, right? Uh, Most customers don't just say, I want... I will define success of my business as a logo and a font. That's not how customers actually talk. <laughs> All right, well, then. Well, depends I'm, on who you're talking. I'm closing up shop. Yeah, what <laughs> the hell? Well, the wrong business. Well, okay, so it seems like everyone in the room agrees that uh, under our common definition of custom, uh, custom is actually building themes from scratch. All right. So that's why I came here today to talk about building themes from scratch. Now I'm going to just throw this in. Uh, if you build things from scratch, you should start with underscores, and you should not use a framework. Yay! Yay! Yay. I have and, a and you should make it accessible. Unless, unless you're a developer who actually knows a framework, and therefore you're faster with it, because that's the whole point yeah. of a framework. Let's We're talking about speed If you use a framework, here. you get yeah. stuck in the framework. Let's, uh, Martin, I let's, agree with you. Well, so if it's a brand new framework you've never used it before. Martin, I absolutely it agree is. with you. You should, you should start every custom theme with underscores. I absolutely agree with that with that comment. So but are you saying instead of using a framework, you're you're using you're creating your own responsive skeleton every single time? Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I, I your face is a responsive skeleton. Like, things like Genesis, and I think maybe Devin, you're talking about starter themes. I I don't know. I consider them two different things, like bones, underscores, starter. Can we talk about code for a second? Because I really really want to. So okay, this is the way I do it. So I'm and I'm I'm giving this is the session I'm giving at WordCamp Orange County. So I start with underscores and then I layer foundation on top of that because I'm fastest in foundation. That's the framework I use. Foundation being foundation is a CSS framework uh, for for responsive design. Yeah. So is your face. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is your mom's face. But okay. Anyway, that's so that's what you do. That's awesome. That's Underscores is amazeballs. We know. I can't believe I just said that word. That, that's how I do it. I'm, 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 passing, I'm now going to pass the torch over to Devin so he can tell you how he does it. Yeah. Well, I use a starter theme, uh, like Chris mentioned, uh, called Roots. And uh, it's got the Twitter bootstrap uh, found, or framework baked in. Um, with uh, you know schema.org tags and it kind of takes you to uh, schema. 
a little higher uh, or more complete space than just uh, underscores does. That's why I choose it. And I use bones. I really like that, that one a lot. What's that, Chris? I use bones. It's a similar starter framework, but it's got some responsiveness built in. It's not Bootstrap or any of those other ones, but it's a pretty simple grid that seems to work well. Yeah, Bones is on a grid, right? Yep. <laughs> but so if you're a user and you want something that's customizable, I would recommend a theme like Customizer without the E, Customizer. Um, that one's a really good theme to start customizing. Because, well, I thought we, since we're talking about the user stuff, that we would... No, that's good. ...does something for the users. Something if that I was a user let's go, and let's, I wanted to custom... Let's go, let's go back and I would hire someone. Let's go back and define <laughs> custom again. Yes. Okay, that'll be fun. <laughs> All I really want to do is talk about Generate WP. So is that now or is that next week or what? I don't know. Because right that's now, right now. Okay, so Generate WP um, is like literally fill in the blank, fill in the form code generator, which now makes building a custom theme, and I'm talking about building one, from scratch or from a, a, a you, starter theme. You mean from so scratch? Simple. You mean from scratch with a code generator, which is not from scratch. No, but you're awesome, right? Because you just defined from scratch as being. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Okay. When, we, when we started this, when we started this water cooler situation, you guys gave me hassle on hassle because I did everything by hand. I coded all my stuff by hand. I built it, baked in all of my own stuff, and I got nothing but hassle. Slowly but surely, I have been like, okay, maybe there are some plugins that are worthwhile. And now what I'm saying is, is that Generate WP has, I'm not saying it's like the best way to do anything or whatever, but um, I, I, I still really admire people who hand code. Like, I think it's great. I do it. I love doing it. But Generate WP generates super duper clean uh, functions and code that are not the same thing, and, and it's customized, and that's not the same thing as even using a plugin because you have to put it into your theme, so you have to actually know what you're doing. But that the fact that that exists makes building that code so accessible to so many people, it's actually kind of dangerous. I so think. you know the reason why people hate front page, right? was because it allowed people to to just drag and drop, and then it would create this colossal mess of code oh, that terrible. worked really well, but no. was a complete nightmare to maintain. No, so that's a whole uh, different show. Next week we're doing front, front page cooler. No, no. <laughs> my point is, when you when you use solutions like that, that that generate code for you, you lose control over what you're actually outputting. And in the end, when you're if you're developing something extremely custom, you need to have control over everything you deliver. Throw Dreamweaver in the same tool set. Yes, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, like 100%. And until I literally used last week Generate WP to, to build some custom post types, and it did it in like like two seconds. I mean, it's the same thing. It's, not, it's all it is was filling in variables. Like it wasn't building anything. But th that's what I'm saying is that that tool could be really dangerous. I know what I'm doing. I know how to build custom post types, so I was just using it to expedite the process. Mm -hmm. But I really understand how someone going in there who's a designer or a marketer who's like, yeah, I'm going to build a custom theme, they could get into some serious deep water and then pass that theme along to um, their client and be like, this is a custom theme, yay, and then I eventually get that client and the thing is just like shot to hell. 
So I understand how dangerous that could be, but the fact of the matter is those tools are out there and people are using them to build really shoddy custom themes. Oh, read up. Because you can't do that in just normal code. <laughs> yeah. well, you need I mean, a tool it's for it now. Like, it's much more accessible to build crappy themes. Like You can just do it really quickly. So speaking of accessibility, how many of you build accessibility standards in by default? We're talking internationalization? No, no, accessibility. No. accessibility. accessibility. navigation, proper contrast, proper content hierarchy, mm. uh, all the tags that need to be there for uh, non-visible visitors, stuff like that. I think I do a fairly good job of that. I mean, back in the day, XHTML, like, everything was very standards-based. And when I was learning, you know, I always would run everything through, what was it, W3 schools, like... This is wrong. That is wrong. Two ideas that are the same. Like, whatever. So I think as I'm going, I pay attention to that kind of stuff. But I'm not, like, super stickler about it either. Based on the statistics, I'd say we all probably suck really hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, Thank you. Hey, single Thank you. That's <laughs> 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 I what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> so the reason I'm asking is because currently there was, uh, uh, there's 0.5 percent of the themes that are in the theme directory that are accessibility ready. Uh, meanwhile, uh, several countries are now passing laws that say if you have a website uh, under the country domain that's not accessible, you are going to get fined because you are making websites that simply aren't accessible to everyone and it's discrimination. And that laws, like those laws are passing in Europe right now. They're passing in um, provinces in Canada this year. Well, yeah, the uh, Europe and Canada, whatever. And, you know, but, but <laughs> if, you, if you think about it from the perspective, if you think about it from the perspective, they're saying, if you make a website and you make it so that certain people can't access your content, you're actually discriminating against large groups of people. Or putting it behind a paywall, whatever. Yes. You know. no, well, that's a different thing. More that, than, uh, more my than... challenge to everyone is, you, if you're developing. If you're a developer, you need to learn accessibility and you need to make it your baseline. Because that is so far from most I, developers' mind, it is not yeah, even. It is. I mean, if we're talking about speed here, that's not faster. Yeah, I agree that it's a problem, but that is not going to happen. That is More, a losing cause will, that you were on. I will. I will say that you're right. Although I will tell you, it's work. Like we did. Oh a no, it's not. It is zero percent work if you know what you're doing. Well, <laughs> oh, it's work. Wait a second. Is there a new Linda series on this? Oh, we, no. we are working on something, but it's not. That's not out yet. I yeah. feel like we're being led somewhere. Well, if it's, uh, new, if it's no work at all, well, how come it's not out yet? Because people, people don't see it. We did a site. We did a site that had to be read by a machine for someone who was visually impaired, right? And uh, it actually was a decent amount of work. Right? Yeah, so, of course. It's because because apparently you don't know what you were doing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a decent amount of work in the same way that, that responsive is a decent amount of work and standard space is a decent amount of work. If you Responsive is not a decent amount of work anymore. Th that's the point. It's like it's all about well, your frame of reference. The, uh, Once you like, learn it and make it part of your process, it's not a, a lot of work. And the reason why people don't do it is because they don't see it, but right. they don't realize by not by not doing it, you're actually excluding so many people from what you're doing. So let's get back on topic here and talk about, and Devin brought it up. Let's talk about speed. We're talking about we're talking about fastest ways to create a custom theme. Uh huh. You have to cut shortcuts, and one is accessibility. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't think what you're talking about, Morton, is important, but does anybody else have any processes? I've got a couple tools that I use that speed it up. Uh, one 
is if you're using less or SAS and not using source mapping with uh, Chrome, which allows you to see which line within your less files you're tweaking, it is much slower. So you even just have source you, mapping. You just lost half our audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's break that down a little bit, though, Devin. Let's talk about SAS and, and why you should be, if you are a developer, why you should be looking into that. And why you should be sassy. There you go. I think Suzette knows all about that. Let's it's talk about the time saving. Suzette? What do you want me to say, Noah? <laughs> How awesome it is. The topic today is speed, and so why should developers be learning SAS? It helps you to create faster. It makes logical sense. So instead of writing everything out like it normally how it actually compiles it, you write like a shorthand version of CSS. So you have nesting, you have variables that you can use, you can organize your code better, and there's functions that you can use right within um, SAS as well. Is so I think one of, the best, one of the best things that I like is with the colors, like being able to just say at red instead of trying to remember which hex code. That is so much faster. Yeah, fonts too. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's a good argument because in CSS3 there's 140 different color key names. Yeah. There's like indigo, there's like deep purple, deep pink. Like mm -hmm. you can use that, but having the variables, like being able to do that is awesome. But it will also calculate values for you. So when you're doing responsive design, you can have it calculate um, like widths of columns based on different formulas, which is really helpful as well. So there's a variables are coming to CSS by default, by the way. I know that Suzette's talk just went up recently on WordPress TV about uh, SAS, and there's a book that you recommend that I've read before called SAS for Web Designers from a yeah, book apart. That is a really great book. Um, it's more designers, uh, it's more aimed at designers that know code. So designers that are good with CSS, they would understand that, that book really well. But it goes over everything, and you really don't need to have anything special on your computer to, to write SAS. It's, it's actually pretty easy to get up and running or even use uh, sasmeister.com, which is a great website. It, it is worth pointing out, if you're choosing between less and SAS, that uh, WordPress, like WordPress Core has unofficially adopted SAS. So if you're going to invest in something and you're working with WordPress, you might as well just do that, because official, that is eventually going to become the official. Well, and the SAS is closer to PHP and things that people, I think, are familiar with if they're working with WordPress. Um, and like, well, I use... SCSS, which is way closer to the markup. Yeah. yeah, there's two flavors of SAS. There's sassy CSS and regular SAS. So SAS is without brackets and, and semicolons. And um, the sassy CSS, what you use, more closely resembles CSS and syntax. So it's a very natural progression, I think. Right. Anybody watching this show should watch Suzette's talk on WordPress TV. You'll, you'll, you'll learn exactly what you need. Yeah. Just FYI, I got a comment. Uh, from Mr. John Brown, who some of you may know, um, who said, and I quote, they're confusing Generate WP code generator with a GUI web builder. Not the same thing. So, <laughs> discuss amongst yourselves. On the topic of Thanks, John. I'm like really freaking out about Generate I would highly recommend anyone who does any kind of WordPress development to invest time in learning a proper IDE, as in um, uh, PHP Storm or yes. uh, 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 NetBeans or something like that. It'll 
cut down your development time so much. You just learn those tools because they help you navigate your installs. So you can figure out where your different functions live, and it'll help you type out your variables correctly so you don't make spelling errors in your code, and it'll flag your errors as you're writing them. Uh, I know a lot of people use, uh, uh, what is it called, the uh, Sublime text, for instance, with a million add-ons. Well, you can just get an IDE, and those add-ons are built in. Uh, NetBeans Thank and you. Storm both have Git built in from, from the core, so you can run them as your Git manager, for instance. It's got cool. terminal, too. So wait, are we talking about developers or users? Because I'm super duper confused now. Because we're talking about users <laughs> or like people who don't actually like do code, then we should probably explain to them what an IDE is. We have a whole episode on that. Where, where, who are we talking to? I think more developers, really. Probably developers mostly. I would. Rob, I would Rob, are you still talking? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured I might actually have, you know, maybe. Are we actually even talking? Oh, no. <laughs> all right. So if, if we're talking about if we're talking about SAS, we're talking about all this stuff. Another thing you might want to talk about is Grunt, which um, okay. actually help your workflow a little bit, especially if you're working with things like SAS. Uh, and what Grunt is is just a task runner. So that sounds weird, but all it really does is do like really repetitive things that you might not want to do every time you're building a theme, like compile your SAS code, like minify your JS, like uh, check all of your theme files for errors constantly. Some of the stuff that's like built into an IDE, you can actually integrate in with something like Grunt if you're using something like Sublime. So there, there's like different options for for working. You don't have to work with an IDE if you don't want to. Um, Since we're talking about speed and grunt, um, one of the best task runners for speed is live reload. So once your mm -hmm. uh, SAS or less compiles, it will refresh your browser for you, therefore saving you time and keeping you focused on your code. Yeah, it's so tough looking at refresh button. Really, that time. Desktop server, obviously. Things like that help a lot with speed. And if you're on the speed's overrated. And if you're on the track of Grunt, remember that uh, a lot of people are now migrating from Grunt to Gulp. Just to confuse. What are these names? Seriously, <laughs> I don't like, know. who is I naming this stuff? I don't know who names this stuff. What the hell, guys? I do, I do have a tip for people who are working. Speed developers need to stop naming things weird. That's all uh, I have to say. I, I have a tip for people who are working with designers and have a lot of frustration around color. Um, if you switch your color scheme from hex uh, hex color or RGB to HSLA instead. Uh, HSLA makes way more sense for designers because you're working on the color wheel, 0 to 360, and then percentages on um, saturation and lightness and alpha. Uh, so uh, for a designer, it's easy to go in and change your CSS by simply increasing or decreasing the lightness. Wait, I'm sorry. Do we want designers in our CSS? Because... I don't no, when, when you work with a designer and they say, we want the button that's blue to be lighter when it's uh, hovered over, for instance, you don't have to go and find the hex code. You just increase the lightness, and then it gets lighter or darker. Okay, yeah. if so they say they want, want the blue lighter, you better make them tell you what color blue you want, not just sit there and twiddle with the thing to make it lighter. Like, come that's, on. That's, that's why you need to use HSLA, because it actually makes sense to them. So you say, oh, you want a 25% lighter? Okay, then I'll pull the lightness down by 25%. And then you don't have to. And then they'll be like, "No, we meant 24. Oh no, we meant 21." Like seriously, give them a color. Trust me, for real. it works. 
right. I'll switch I'll to HSLA. Norwegian and Norwegians are smart and stuff. Snoka Oh, boy. Oh, God. Uh, I love you, folks. Oh, it's Stop. hot in here. Is it hot in here? Is it just me? <laughs> it's you. Heat wave started again. I don't even know. On what's that saying note. <laughs> on that note. Can yeah. we talk about generating WP I, again? I I will say that another very fast way to get started on building uh, themes, just so that we round it out, is the use of frameworks. Uh, when when you know the framework, uh, and there are definitely some people who aren't fans of them on this show, uh, but when you know the framework. Uh, it is. It allows you to move quicker to build something faster, and uh, and that's because you get to know the tools that you work with. And so while it may be difficult or hard for someone else because they don't know the tool, um, you know, it's actually pretty fast and easy for some developers. But it has another of making everything look exactly the same. That no, is not true. Totally right. That is not true. Well, it is. If you go online, you see that the majority of people who use Bootstrap have websites that look like Bootstrap. And with that, that's more like that's more like laziness on their part than like frameworks. Yeah, let's go back to frameworks because I want more hate mail. That's awesome. I could do that. That rounds it up for today with frameworks. We no, are really, I would today. We we're definitely going to talk about design and frameworks coming soon here. So, oh, please uh, don't. Oh, please no. Talk to you folks later. <laughs> Jason Tucker, Dave, JP Watercooler, we're out. Bye. Stay safe, Alex.